Titus 3, verses 12 through 15. These are God's words. When I send Artemis to you, or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Send Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey with haste, that they may lack nothing. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Faith, Grace be with you all. Amen. As the Apostle uh, closes out the letter, uh, he does so with some humility. He uh, acknowledges that he is needy of Titus in Crete, uh, similar to his closing out of Second Timothy. The Apostle needs Titus to come from Crete, rather. Uh, same at the end of Second Timothy, urging uh, Timothy to get to him by winter of when that letter was written as well. And here again, uh, winter is coming, and um, he doesn't ask for a cloak or books. Apparently he's got the, those things, but he has to figure out a good place for himself to minister during the winter. And he's chosen Nicopolis, but he's also needy of Titus's help. It's good for us not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, uh, as Romans 12, verse 3 tells us, uh, to consider ourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given us, remembering that our resources are not primarily our ability, but measure of faith indicating uh, first, by the fact that it's faith, that our resources are the Lord himself upon whom we depend. And even the word measure there in Romans 12, verse 3, reminding us that the faith itself is given by God. Uh, but humility then before God in Romans 12, 3, uh, expresses itself in the uh, next five verses, Romans 12, verses 4 through 8, in recognizing that there are gifts that the Lord has invested in other believers that are needful for us. Well, similar here uh, with Paul and with Titus. Uh, he does not think, uh, Paul does not think of himself as having everything that he needs in himself. He has the humility to recognize that he is needy of Titus. It's good for us to recognize that we are needy of others because ultimately we are dependent upon the Lord. And it has been his pleasure, his wisdom, uh, to supply what we need, not only uh, directly uh, to us and in us and in our own individual personal relationship with him, but in what he gives us by means of other believers as well. So there's the apostle's great need, but notice that he prioritizes the church in Crete over himself. Uh, he hasn't decided yet whether he's going to send Artemis or, or Tychicus. Tychicus, as it reads in English, but there's a he there, Tychicus. Artemis must have been good pastor. That uh, He was in the running still in the Apostles' mind in verse 12. Uh, because Tychicus, uh, we read in Acts 20, verse 4, and Ephesians 6, verse 21, and Colossians 4, verse 7, and 2 Timothy 4, verse 12. <clears throat> that he is a, a beloved brother 
a faithful minister and a fellow servant. Uh, so he was a really good pastor. And although, although Titus was going to be with Paul, Paul did not want to deprive the Cretan church. And so he's going to send a good pastor. He prioritizes the church's corporate need over his own, as we all uh, ought to. The church is the bride, the body uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, If she has needs that uh, we can sacrificially uh, give to, uh, whether by self-deprivation for her sake, uh, as here in um, the end of Titus 3, uh, or maybe financially, or time, or uh, whatever it is, uh, the, we should prioritize the church's needs um, over our own, because we should see the needs of others as opportunities for fruit. Uh, this the apostle communicates to Titus personally regarding Zenos uh, and Apollos, who were perhaps the ones who were going to carry this letter to him uh, as they were on their way to some other ministry or service that the Lord had called them to, that the apostle was sending them for. Uh, And uh, when the apostle says, send them with haste that they may lack nothing, the with haste is actually uh, translating another form of the same root as the phrase be diligent, Uh, or what's translated with the phrase be diligent in verse 12. And both of those, uh, the root there means to do your utmost. And so he says, uh, uh, do your utmost that they may lack nothing. In other words, anything that they might lack is an opportunity for you to supply for them. Uh, So that we see the needs of others um, not as uh, frustrations, because of what we have to give up now, or because we feel like we have to do something, uh, but we see the needs of others in the church as opportunities to bear fruit. And we could see that even more clearly with Titus personally in verse 13, with the corporate counterpart uh, in the instruction in verse 14, and let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. Uh, in other words, this thing that you're going to do with Zenos and Apollos, remember, it's actually a duty of all believers. Believers are to be uh, careful to maintain good works. This was one of the things that, as a preacher, in verse 8, Titus was to affirm constantly. And the elders that he was training uh, were to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Well, if you're preaching that in the pulpit, then you also need to lead the people in making application of that. And uh, it's interesting that in uh, Titus, there's no reordaining of a diaconate the way there was in in 1 Timothy. So perhaps things are not uh, quite so disorderly in in the Cretan church here as they had been in the Ephesian church, or maybe... Instruction about the diaconate was something Titus was already clear on. But this is the sort of thing that the deacons uh, would help with. Uh, Reminding the people in real-life circumstances, as needs arise, 
that these are opportunities to bear the fruit of good works, which, if Titus and the elders are uh, following the instruction in verse 8 of this chapter, uh, the congregation is hearing, uh, is hearing preached from the pulpit. Uh, And so a need arises, and the people have an opportunity not to be unfruitful. They have an opportunity to bear fruit. So you have the church's opportunities for fruit, and just as a need is an opportunity for fruit, uh, any interaction, then, is an opportunity for fellowship, that we would not have uh, sterile, unthinking, unfeeling, unaffectionate interactions. Uh, and so the closing, the apostle taking the sending of the letter as an opportunity for fellowship, all who are with me greet you. Okay, so Paul is sending a letter to Titus, and there are a bunch of believers who Paul's letter to Titus is an opportunity for them to show affection to Titus. Make sure, Brother Paul, that you greet Titus for us, and then greet those who love us in the faith. A wonderful way of describing the Cretan believers, not just greet those who are in the faith, but greet those who love us, greet those who have shown some of the effects of the faith in them by the love that they have for us, and indicating then, of course, that this reciprocal greeting is also reciprocal love, uh, recognizing that our belonging to the uh, to God through Jesus Christ reconciles us not only to God, but also to each other, uh, and that Christ's preciousness to us makes those who are in him also precious to us, uh, and that this is something that we should enjoy, being loved by believers for the sake of Christ, and loving them back for the sake of Christ. Uh, so believers uh, and churches ought not only look for providential opportunities for fruit, which arise whenever there is a need uh, for bearing fruit, uh, but also believers and churches should look for providential opportunities for fellowship, for showing Christian uh, affection, uh, that uh, the love that we have for one another would be from the bowels of Christ, as um, Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 1.8, uh, and then his love for them was from the guts of Jesus, and he immediately turns around in verse 9 of Philippians 1 uh, and tells them that he prays that their love would abound more and more. This is a big part. Uh, of genuine recognition of Christ in the believer's life, that we love and are loved for his sake. And then the reminder of all of our ultimate neediness uh, at the end, the last greeting is not so much from Paul or from those who are with him, but from the Lord Jesus himself, who is carrying Paul along by the Spirit as he writes this letter, and he says, Grace be with you all. It's a reminder that we have no good in us, but that uh, there is all good in Christ for us. Uh, By grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, not of works. It's a reminder that we have no strength in us either, not just no good, but no strength. But all strength is in Christ for us. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, And that... Uh, enables us to see that there's no shame in knowing our neediness 
uh, when there are riches of grace in Christ to be prayed for and received and depended upon and lived from out of, uh, and that the Lord has given us our interaction with one another uh, for the bearing of fruit, for the expressing uh, of fellowship, even as part of what he gives through one another, so that all the good, all the strength is from the Lord Jesus himself, which is what makes this humility and this fellowship of the faith sweet in our interactions. So the Lord give us that humility, that recognition of Christ, that affection uh, that glorifies Jesus when his church operates this way. And the Lord help us to watch out for needs, for they are opportunities to bear good fruit. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this instruction at the end of Titus. And we pray that your Spirit would write it on our hearts to the glory of Christ and your glory in him, we ask in his name. Amen.